Welcome to another edition of the Reimagining Work podcast. That's right. It's your turn to say the welcome. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> there we go. Um, I'm Roger Nord. I'm John. I'm John Wenger. And you are John Wenger. Uh, if if you really want to to clear your throat, uh, my proper name is pronounced uh, Rogier. Rogier. There you go. There you go. So it's always good to, if you start a conversation, my name is Rogan, we can go on. Now, let's keep it at Roger because it's a little bit smoother. So um, we were discussing uh, our previous... Um, Few conversations, actually. Yeah, yeah. The conversation and the two, the, the the previous two podcasts where we talked about uh, walking the social business walk. So actually, doing what it is that you come up with, or what you want to change, or be the change, and, and those kind of things, and reimagining working together. Um, where we talked about um, being a more productive team, or uh, having the strength of the individuals enhance the team that we're working in. Uh, we, we cannot avoid working in teams. Uh, we don't want to avoid working in teams, but what we do want to do is create an environment where individuals and their individual strengths are uh, put to the best use. And, and they're also allowed because I think sometimes people hide their light under a bushel. They don't necessarily bring their strengths or it may not even be apparent to them. But people are overly cautious. You know, when you said we can't avoid working in teams, I said we, we, we sometimes can avoid working in teams. And a lot of us do try to avoid working in teams because of what they've come to mean, I think. And so we, we get good at hiding our strengths away a little bit because of what – Team, I think the concept of team has become a little bit ossified. Um, that we certainly know, we if we're looking at social, being social, walking the walk, um, working together, we are going to be working together and working with other people. Um, I think the the idea of teamwork probably for some people is wearing thin, though. <laughs> well, it's it's. It, it's the mandatory feel to it. It's yeah, that's it. You're being appointed to that team or to that project in, instead of uh, where we have uh, you know the pot mentality mentality uh, where a certain project has to be done. It's right. agreed upon, and the individuals that want to work on that project or feel they can contribute to the project um, uh, are either uh, volunteering or asked to volunteer for that project in order to you know, help out and, and be successful. And so we take away the, the, the mandatory part, or you have to do this, or you have to work in that team and uh, work in a, in a specific manner, or um, uh, there was another thing that I wanted to say. Uh, the differences between having to do something and wanting to do something. Well, I mean, I think in many cases we are we're probably not going to be entirely at our um, it's not going to be entirely at our discretion that we get to choose who we work with. I mean, I've been appointed to be in 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 something called a team, and it was called a team, but it wasn't a team. I could feel it, and I've been 
party to a, a group of people that was called a team and it was a team, but there were some things that happened that made it so. And I think it was about the kind of the, some of the competencies that we were, that we had brought to the table and the, some of the competencies that we helped to develop and train in each other as well that made the team a team. And I think there was, there's, there's a, there's a clue I think as to how, uh, reimagined workplace might look that it's about developing some social competencies or some co-working competencies or some social yeah I mean we're talking about social business so it is social competencies and you know like we've mentioned before about for example one thing that we need to look at redoing in the world of uh, future work is how meetings get done I completely agree but I I think that it's not as easy as saying we need to redo how we do our meetings because if it was that easy, people would have done it. People are uh, bored with meetings by and large and how they happen. And um, well, surely, surely there, there's, there's the, the 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 moment where people realize that what they're doing is something that they find boring that they don't really want to do. And on the other hand, you have. Uh, uh, they do not know how they ought to change something like that. Exactly, exactly. But and, if you and say that's that when you when you where you're talking about reimagining work, then and and what we need to learn in order to change that, then that's where you want to 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 uh, put your finger on. Yeah, if if reimagining work is if our idea is that it's about more um, participation, people being more involved, then people can contribute. Say, if we talk about meetings, how do we want our meetings to be? The way that we do them sucks. How do we want to redo them so that they're more useful? And I remember the team that I call a real team that I was a member of. I used to look forward to our team meetings because they had a structure and a format and a flow that we decided. Um, it was. I suppose the requirement from the organization was that we met. Beyond that, how it happened and how long the meetings were and what happened in the meetings was entirely down to us. And I think that being able to contribute to the how the work happened made it much more satisfying was one of the characteristics of why this was a real team for me. But there were some social competencies involved. So we would have rows with each other. And I remember that some of the comments from people when I first joined that team, they would say things like, oh, you remember, you know, and we, we would have, and there'd be blood on the walls. And it was a bit terrifying at first because I'd never really worked anywhere where there was blood on the walls. They were being, you know, <laughs> rather <laughs> rather descriptive um, in their language around the experience of it. Um, but their implication was that they would have um, proper healthy rows and conversations that were conflictual. And I think, for example, this is one of the social competencies if we reimagine work that we could do well to develop in ourselves. So how do we deal with difference? And I think a lot of the the, the dissatisfaction that I hear from people around teamwork is it's become too closely correlated with groupthink. You know, when you go for a job interview, they're trying to assess, are you a team player? And tell us an experience of when you were a good team player. And I, I'm, I, you know, I wonder... A good they, little boy. A good little boy, exactly. So are they looking for the moment when I kind of subsumed my values and beliefs and opinions for the greater good? I see no problem with, you know, the greater good. I absolutely go along with 
that you know the idea of working belonging to something which is bigger than me but to subsume an idea which might go against you know where's the the little boy that says the emperor is wearing no clothes is that allowed and i think teamwork is has become associated with the one that shuts up and just goes along with what everybody else thinks. But if people don't feel able to speak up, how do we know what everyone else actually thinks? No, we, we don't. Sort of, no. Well, we don't. I know. We scan the room looking for people's reactions in case we might say something out of turn. No, yeah. no, no. That's that, no, I mean, in my experience, that I've I've been obviously like a lot of people preview to uh, of preview preview uh, witness uh, of of many meetings and uh, uh, some were most were a drag some were actually well you know it's it is true i mean it is and it's something that most of us can agree upon that mm-hmm. you know you have a meeting of an hour and there's only uh, 10 minutes that's actually relevant to you, mm-hmm. you know, worst case. And uh, that alone is something that that, that can be, uh, uh, you know, nipped in the butt, if you will. But I've also been to, to uh, meetings, and this is it's no lie, where you have full management. Uh, and this is like uh, something that happened like quarterly. And where the, um, well, CEO, that weren't called CEO, but, you know, general manager Uh is sitting at the head of the table. And then, you know, everybody's sitting around in the big U and everybody's doing their presentations one after the other. And, you know, so everybody knows everybody's important. And in the meanwhile, there's this um, courier that comes into the room. And this is like a whole day event, comes into the room with a stack of papers and the general manager has to sign off on things. And this is happening while people are doing their presentation. And either I I just feel it's something to to make him look very important. And but the minute that he gets those stacks of papers, he's looking through them. And he's been, I was the one, I had to do my social media presentation. Uh-huh. And he's looking at his um, papers. And I know he's not listening to me. He's not looking at the slides that I prepared. He's not listening at all. He's uh-huh. going through the papers, signing them. And it's just one of those things where you think, like, why are we here? Why, why are we doing this? All this information that we're giving right now, we can firstly condense it into half uh-huh. an A4 and put them all together in one binder and then send them out every quarter to all managers so they know everything. And we don't need to be there the whole day and spend the whole day there uh-huh. and listening to each other. There's no discussion. There's no talk. There's no... But <laughs> and there's just a couple of presentations and 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 that's it and then at the end of the day we go home and or back to the desk and we've learned nothing. Yeah, well, it comes back to earlier conversations we've had about power. So does it, is is the what is the structure of that and the thing that occurs in the middle of it designed to demonstrate where the power really sits? 
the question that we've, I think, mentioned a couple of times, you know, so what is it that people need to learn? What is it managers need to learn? What is it we need to learn? There is a learning, I think. There are some capabilities and some competencies and there are some, 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 some new mindsets, I think, that we need to learn in order to, you know, imagine that we'll get to the, the social way of working. Mm. Um, so if a manager, we've asked this question before, if a manager was to let go of power, relinquish power, and just for that meeting uh, operate as if there was no need to have those symbols of power, the courier presenting these papers that are only for the manager's eye, that it's okay for the manager to take away his his uh, attention, and usually his, his attention from what's going on in the room because these are really important papers. You know, if, if those sorts of little uh, unconscious messages were disallowed because the manager is actually going to see what is it like if I just give up some of the trappings of power uh, what's it like if I in the, am in the room as another human being what's it like if I um, uh, you know defer to the wisdom and the experience of some of the other people in this room who we've hired for a really good reason now, I worked with a CEO once um, a few years ago who, who had um, a very private um, crisis, crises, mini crises of confidence in, in, in the way that he would sort of say, um, obviously not with, with his, his, um, the rest of the staff around, like, am I, am I on the right track? You know, I, I, I um, hire people who are better than me, who are cleverer than me, who are not more knowledgeable than me, who are, you know, and, and um, I, I talk about my failings and my weaknesses and I'm very human. Is there a place in the world for someone like me who wears his heart and his sleeve? I just, I thought there is absolutely a place in the world. Maybe the world's not quite ready for that sort of thing. But, you know, maybe give it a go. What happens if you do walk in as a manager and say, I'm leaving the trappings of power behind me? What what happens uh, when, when, as a manager, you walk into a room and you act as a leader? Well, this is exactly what I saw this man do. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely, I saw this man do. Exactly. Because that's when you get to the... We've been brought up to be... A manager, you manage, uh, but you manage the wrong things, and you forget to be a leader, and and you don't need to be at the head of a business. You don't need to be a CEO uh, to be a leader, because first of all, you can you know uh, lead yourself, so you can self leadership, right. Um, that's a whole nother topic, but you know you can actually do that, and then you can lead a team. You can lead your department. You can you can be a leader in in almost anything, and you don't have to be to do it full time. But you can always, uh, if if you see somebody struggle with something, you can approach them and you, dude, can I help you with something? You know, can I help you out? Can I? be of assistance or uh, would it be uh, do you want to talk about it or do you want to um, uh, have uh, do you want me to find somebody that can help you out with this you know and on a management level there are so many ways you can be a leader and putting together a team finding the right people of which you know that are going to be productive in a certain environment and and complementary to each other and sit them down at a round table uh, either literally or figuratively uh, and have them have a, a go at it um, magical things can happen 
Okay, I think there's 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 one of the things you know. Let the people have a go. When you know, if the focus of the conversation today is what do we need to learn if we're reimagining the future workplace, letting people have a go, letting go. I think if I think is one of the characteristics or a competency that you'd find in a leader of that letting go. I don't need to be the guy in control or the woman in control. Usually, a guy uh, in control. It's not about control. It's not about commanding. It's about. Um, I suppose creating a space, holding the space, creating the system, making sure that people have got the stuff that they need in order to do the work, and then get out of the way, let go, let them get on with the work. Create a target, have a target. I mean, you need to be able to work to, towards something. So have a target. It has to be purposeful, absolutely. And yeah. Of course. I mean, we're still running a business, so it still has to be uh, productive and, and um supportive of the business goals and all those kind of things obviously as a manager those are the things that you have to keep in mind but you know as far as i'm concerned the people that work throughout the company need to be aware of the business goals too so everything that they do can actually have an impact on the business goals on many levels so if they don't know what they're working for then they're not going to be as productive as you want them to be well i I think that's a really good point too that people need to know what's the point i mean that 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 perennial thing you see about what's the why um, and you see it phrased in many different ways I think it's beautiful and I think anybody who's um, in a leader leader position of leadership anyone who's a leader um, I mean it's assisting people to see that what's that clear line of sight between what you're doing there at your workspace and the reason that we're here together what's that make that really clear a simple clean crisp line of sight to the why so there's something about being a good communicator and there's so many leaders and managers who need to develop some of those competencies around communicating but not in a broadcast way again i get you know we've kind of linked we've sort of linked the sort of social business yeah communicating is how well do you do a presentation and how quickly can you go through your slides and and do you wear a turtleneck or not Absolutely. Uh, for me, being able to listen and have empathy is probably far more important than being a good person with a PowerPoint slide. I mean, I'm a complete butterfingers with PowerPoint. Well, you don't need a car salesman as as a leader. You need, and I'm trying to quickly think of the opposite of a car salesman, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, someone in, someone that actually genuinely inspires and is listening to me in the first place is far more inspiring than somebody who has got a slick presentation. And not there's nothing wrong with a slick presentation, but I think if that's the only... Uh, it depends on what you want to achieve. Exactly. There's There's got to be a listening and an empathy there as well. Um, yeah, so the leader that just goes and thinks that commun- being a communicator is being a good broadcaster is the person who also would say, well, we're a social business because we, we've got a Twitter account. And, you know, you and Semple would say something about that. Our organizations don't tweet. Oh, we're a very social business. We have our Twitter account and we've got a Facebook page. It doesn't make you a social business if you're seeing those media those technologies is purely another broadcast medium where's the interaction it's quite the opposite actually of what you want to achieve so. absolutely and you know I, we, I, we've said just before we started the, the the recording you know i was saying that many businesses probably most i'm not sure it's not a very scientific <laughs> survey i've done but most in my experience and probably most politicians still see something like social media as a broadcast medium not a social medium and i have I've made a couple of goes at engaging with uh, local politicians and I've had no 
response, zero response to a comment or a question. There's been no engagement with me. And I looked at the Twitter stream and see no engagement with anybody that is trying to engage with them. And I think, oh, I see. You're just seeing it as a broadcast medium. The Twitter account is not a way for me to reach out and engage with you. I get you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there is a thing about being a communicator, seeing it as a two-way thing, seeing it as, a, as something that involves empathy and being a good listener, um, which is, I think, another competency. So if, if, if we're talking about reimagining work yeah. and, um, and, and having this title as uh, what do we need to learn, is, is communicating, is that something that we would be putting very high on the list? Communicating in, in an empathic, uh, uh, sensible, constructive uh, manner instead of, no, I'm a, I'm a good manager because I know how to communicate uh, to my team or at my team. Uh, you know, I send them an email on everything. Yes, yeah, so therefore I'm a good communicator. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's one thing is you have to define a good communicator. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, that's why I was saying I think listening has got to be more part of the the reimagining work, reimagining what we, in order to get what we're reimagining, we need to learn communication. But this, the bits that we don't get really good um, at in our workplaces, so good listening, empathy, um, I think that would be they would be really key in terms of being developing your ability to communicate in a in a. But that's how you learn uh, um, how you understand people, how you learn who they are. Yeah, you know how how you learn their differences between one person and the other. Mm. Other than he's black, he's white, he's woman, mm-hmm. he's man, mm-hmm. uh, he's gay, he's not, or straight, or whatever. You know the obvious things. Uh, on 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 how we judge people, uh, what you really want to know is is what are their core differences and what are their core strengths, and the only way to come to actually find that's them right. is is to get to know them, and yeah. and that's how to uh, uh, um, uh, get the best out of them. So so hey, you wrote it down. We want people to feel comfortable and able to voice their perspectives. You have to know what their perspectives are. As a leader, you have to know when somebody is just regurgitating some information or actually coming up with an original thought. Well, as a leader, also as a team member, if I'm in a team, I want also to think that the environment that we've cultivated as a team is the one where, being metaphorical again, we could have blood on the walls if we needed it. If we need to have a row because we've got strong differences of opinion, we're not going to get a solution. We're not going to work our way through a solution unless we can put those things out on the table. So I think there's something about – it comes back to what we were saying earlier about teams – we need to revision, reimagine what teams are and what they are for and how we do teams. Because I think the old way of just going to, trying to get a group think, a bland mediocrity, is not the way forward. Um, you know, one, so how, how do we hear? So how do we how do we hear difference? If 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 um, somebody has a a different way uh, that they want to achieve an objective, how do we hear it? And without shouting them down or re- resourcing to the old default of having an argument until somebody wins, that whole kind of win 
lose thing I don't think is is going to take us forward. I mean, one of the other things I think that helps when I'm reflecting back on being a member of this team years ago is equanimity, that we would coach each well, we would coach each other in it. It's a, a wonderful human quality. I mean, literally from from the Latin, it means to have an even spirit. So when somebody says something that I don't necessarily agree with or, or go along with or see or, or see the value in, can I keep my spirit even and not fly off the handle or shrink away and shut down or, you know, can I just be here and listen? And, you know, one of the challenges I think of working in any multicultural society is how can we be with each other and let each other be themselves? Mm. Mm. I, I actually like doing that. I, I actually enjoy that. Mm. Do, having uh, maybe I'm weird, but it's something you, you, that you're weird. But I can be in the room with you, and you'd be weird. That's fine. <laughs> when I'm in the room with you, I'm normal again. Oh, and uh, <laughs> but it's. It, I mean, yeah, I've been talking to you and lately, you and Sample, and 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 he is thinking differently than most people I've talked to within the social business realm. Mm. And obviously because he is, he comes, he is, well, you have to say it, but he's some sort of an authority on, on, on the, on the, on the subject. And, um, so you listen and, but it's actually fun to do. And, uh, and it goes for everybody, anybody that you have a conversation with. When you sit down and stop and listen without any prejudice and without any uh, preconceived notions of what you want the conversation to be like. Um, because that's when you learn new things. Mm. Right? I mean, if, if I don't listen and I just want to um, share my opinion then that's what the conversation is going to be. It's going to be my opinion. And then I'm not going to be interested in what you're trying to say. And uh, so when you're talking about learning new stuff, about you know, reimagining work, learning how to listen, how to communicate in the broad sense of the word, yeah, I, I'm, I'm all for that, definitely. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and have uh, some equanimity, bring some equanimity. And that's one thing that I think as humans in general, not just in the workplace, we need to develop a lot of as we go forward in an increasingly connected world and increasingly multicultural. When I say cultural, I don't mean ethnic. I mean the stuff that you listed earlier, male, female, black, white, gay, straight, um, university educated, non-university educated, young, or, you know, that mo- we, we come with our own, in, you know, individual cultures as well. How can we be together and solve communally the problems that we face in a society and also in, in the workplace of the future? Um, because the other thing that I'm led to thinking about is innovation. If we're reimagining work, you know, many, many businesses, uh, over you know time suffer from and succumb to entropy they die um, and I wrote I wrote a, an article some time ago and it was a bit cheeky but I said what does entropy look like in the business world Kodak which you know we all know that there's this, we don't want to have a Kodak moment and I don't mean the old way of defining a Kodak moment where it's a beautiful thing you want to photograph but a moment when you just go Oh my God! We didn't. We we didn't innovate, 
how are we going to get innovation in the modern world and in the world of the future if we don't actually learn how to come together and innovate together? Um, it's not about you coming up with an idea and me coming up with an idea and then we vote on the best one, I think. We've gone beyond that. And we can do better than that, I think, as humans. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So. So. What do we need to learn? I think we're sort of just thinking back. There's something about how do we be together and communicate, um, listening. Um, um, what were some of the other things that we've gone through today? Um, empathy, equanimity, um, being able to be with people and because you you talk about listening to people with different you know diverse ideas and opinions. Um, seeing that as a really rich opportunity to learn something and perhaps become different ourselves. Um, <laughs> something that we have to be open to um, yeah. uh, in the first place. Mm. Uh, running the risk of actually having your mind changed by somebody else yeah. <laughs> is a great fear for many people. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. consciously or subconsciously yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know it comes down to change yeah well it is true I mean people don't want to change people don't want to they don't have an open mind and and it, you know I believe that in the work environment there are some people you can simply avoid you know work around them because you know they're gonna stick to whatever it is that they're sticking to but the problem is that there are a lot of people there's a huge gray area of people that don't really know or want to move with the mm. tide and mm. um and there's only a very small group of people that take it upon them to actually uh think about things that we're talking about um and that group needs to grow dramatically mm. and uh find find a way to influence others Absolutely. And so there's, uh, I think, more um, in this conversation of what do we need to learn, reimagining work. Again. Uh, again. And so we'll probably revisit this. I, I'm also interested if people are listening, if they have um, ideas and contributions and um, reflections of their own around this topic. I think it's kind of the point of the conversation a little bit of what else is there that we, you and I, haven't touched on or haven't purely because we haven't thought of it or it doesn't come from our, our knowledge set. What else is out there that if we're reimagining work, what else do we need to learn? We as as groups and as individuals and as humans. I'm aware that our time is up again. Yes, yes it is. It flew by very quickly for me. Yeah, 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 it, it, it was. And, and it's nice because we hit, hit recording in, in the middle of our discussion about this whole thing. And so we just kept on talking. And um, But it's, it's such a, a bottomlessly interesting subject to talk about. I mean, there's so many little... Uh, nuances that you that you can um, I mean there's there's a, a couple of things that we discussed and you can on each and every one of them you can have a whole uh, podcast in itself I guess I, you know I'd be interested in, in little sort of offshoot things mm. from this whole reimagining work uh, idea and I'm you know I'm sure that we're not the first people to have come up with the phrase reimagining work or the idea um, it just seems 
from when we were formulating it, it seemed appropriate for the, the sorts of things. But I sort of had this picture in my head just now of a group of half a dozen people, say, in London, where I'm based, who go, I'd like to reimagine work together, that we find a space and we get in the room and we sort of, a conversation emerges, some some sort of interaction emerges where these people who may not have actually met in the room before and get together and start to reimagine together. That I find that idea quite exciting. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Well, well, we'll make that happen in the future, I guess. It's... Uh... Yeah, it's not unthinkable at all. In fact, I think it's something that's inevitable. But I think so too. I think so too. Time will tell. Okay, to round this up, to wind it down, to end it. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening. Um, as usual, if you want to subscribe, please do. Uh, you can do it at iTunes or Stitcher. Uh, all the links that are always on the website. Um, also, our, our uh, social credentials are there. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> if you want to hook up, follow, talk, chat, engage, yeah. question, uh, argue, uh, we're open. Very welcome. Be very welcome. Yes. Okay. Until next time, thank you and goodbye. Goodbye.